Your industry is unique. It faces its own challenges and risks that set it apart. That means choosing just any insurance company just won't cut it. At The Hartford, we take pride in knowing the ins and outs of your industry and help provide solutions that suit how you do business, from liability and property insurance to workers' comp and more. At The Hartford, we don't just talk about specialization, we live it. Learn how The Hartford can help your business at thehartford.com. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code Radio20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. Today, we revisit that big climate change case at the Supreme Court that we told you about a few weeks ago. We just got an insight into how the justices are thinking about it. And does the EPA actually have some reason for optimism? Stay tuned. Hello, and welcome back once again to Parts Per Billion, the environmental podcast from Bloomberg Law. I'm your host, David Schultz. So, a few weeks ago, we gave you the pregame show. Now, here's the postgame show. Today, we're going to be talking about West Virginia v. EPA, the Supreme Court case that challenges the agency's power to regulate greenhouse gases from the energy sector. A few weeks ago, we had Bloomberg Law reporter Jennifer Hijazi on to talk about what this case was about and why it potentially threatens the landmark Massachusetts v. EPA ruling that gave the agency power to tackle climate change. Now, we have Jennifer back on the podcast today to talk about this week's oral arguments in the case. And they were actually pretty interesting. Lindsay C., the Solicitor General of West Virginia, who argued against the EPA on behalf of Republican-led states, got some pretty tough questions, and not from the justices you might expect. But then again, so did Elizabeth Prelogger, the U.S. Solicitor General. We'll get into all that in a bit, but first I asked Jennifer to remind us what this case is all about. Yeah, so this case is about the scope of EPA's authority to regulate greenhouse gases from stationary power plants, coal-fired power plants, uh, petitioners, West Virginia, um, a couple of mining companies sued after a lower court scrapped the Trump administration's more industry-friendly power plant rule. And they also, at the same time, sort of scrapped the the legal underpinning that folks used to challenge the clean power plan, which was an Obama-era um, rule for power plants that decided the best system of emission reduction was a grid-wide change versus a source-by-source change. So overall, I mean, when it boils down to it, what this case is about is how the EPA can regulate the power sector uh, and specifically regulate their greenhouse gas emissions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the uh, attorneys for the petitioner said, you know, this is not about Massachusetts versus EPA. They're not trying to open up a brawl over whether or not EPA even has the authority to regulate carbon. It really just is about, you know, this a more narrow question on stationary power plants and GHGs and how far they can go with that. Yeah. So the arguments in this case were on Monday. Um, tell me about what you found most notable, uh, you know, or, or what were some of the most, uh, revealing moments of of these arguments? 
I would say that the emphasis on major questions doctrine was probably in the underlying thread that really coursed through the entirety of arguments, entirety of judges' questions. Well, let's explain what that is. Let's explain what the major questions doctrine is. Um, you know, because you're right, this is like, you know, underneath everything. So what exactly is that? It's the idea that Congress has to be super explicit in granting agencies authority to take action on issues that are of vast economic and political importance. You know, they can't regulate in the gray area, which they often do. I mean, that's um, one source mentioned to me this week speaking to them on the arguments. But it's the idea that Congress needs to be pretty specific about authority in order to take action and regulate on really big issues, whatever big issues are. I think the judges took a lot of time trying to define that. So was that like most of the argument? And it it sounds like it was more of a legal philosophy argument instead of focusing specifically on greenhouse gases and EPA and the power plant sector. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, General C arguing for um, West Virginia really right out the gate brought up major major questions. Electricity generation is a pervasive and essential aspect of modern life and squarely within the state's traditional zone. Yet EPA can now regulate in ways that cost billions of dollars, affect thousands of businesses, and are designed to address an issue with worldwide effect. This is major policymaking power under any definition. And though respondents argue EPA can resolve these questions unless clearly forbidden, this Court's precedents are clear that's backward. Unless Congress clearly authorizes it, Section 111 does not stretch so far. And Congress hasn't done so here. She was, you know, it's like, you know, this is a case about greenhouse gases for power plants. But at the end of the day, it's also a case about the scope of agency authority to make big system-wide changes like this. And it really set the tone, I think, for the entirety of arguments. I was reading some of the coverage of the um, of the argument, and I have to admit I was really surprised uh, that some of the conservative justices seemed like they were leaning toward the EPA. And specifically, I'm talking about Clarence Thomas. There's uh, quite a bit of talk about uh, outside defense and inside defense. I don't know how you can uh, draw such clean distinctions. It would seem that some of the activity that you might think is uh, based, source-based, is also outside the fence. And Amy Coney Barrett. Just one question. I'm not sure that you quite answered Justice Kagan when she was asking about your formulation of the major questions doctrine, because she described it as, you know, in Brown and Williamson, you know, the FDA staying in its lane. What? The FDA can regulate tobacco. Or if you think about the eviction moratorium case from earlier this term, you know, it was what? The CDC can regulate the landlord-tenant relationship. Here, if we're thinking about EPA regulating greenhouse gases, well, there's a match between the regulation and the agency's wheelhouse, right? Both of them made comments that would indicate that they would not rule the way you would think they would rule. Did, did you agree with that? What did you see uh, there? Yeah, I wouldn't say that they were leaning towards the EPA. In fact, I don't even think, I, I thought the questioning was a rather mixed bag. I don't think, based on the judge's questions, you can read the tea leaves one way or another. I think where that may have like possibly been apparent is because they were working so hard on both sides of the aisle to try to flesh out major questions, both from the respondents and the petitioners. I thought, yeah, I mean, and Thomas definitely gave General C a grilling when it came to, you know, what 
you know, drawing distinct lines around, you know, how far EPA can can go with these kind of system-wide changes. Your industry is unique. It faces its own challenges and risks that set it apart. That means choosing just any insurance company just won't cut it. You need a company with extensive experience in specialized insurance. At The Hartford, we take pride in knowing the ins and outs of your industry and helping provide coverage that suits your needs. The Hartford offers insurance solutions that help mid to large sized businesses like yours effectively manage risk from liability and property insurance to workers' comp and more. With extensive experience in underwriting, risk engineering services, and claims, the Hartford goes beyond the expected to deliver innovative, customizable solutions and service that your industry, that your business demands. At the Hartford, we don't just talk about specialization, we live it. Learn how the Hartford can help your business at thehartford.com. Success is more than the final destination. It's a path you take one step at a time. It's discipline. It's teamwork. And it's the drive and passion inside of us that comes before all recognition. It's what Stiefel's been doing for over 130 years. Quietly, yet strategically, Stiefel's become one of the fastest growing wealth management and investment banking firms in the country. Our financial advisors go beyond traditional wealth management to provide clients with direct access to one of the industry's largest equity research franchises and a leading middle market investment bank because success is the drive it takes to keep climbing, the passion to keep investing, the best of each of us made better by the best in all of us. And that is where success meets success. Start your journey at Stiefel.com. That's S-T-I-F-E-L.com. Stiefel Nicholas and Company Incorporated, member SIPC and NYSE. So, you know, it sounded like the, you know, the attorney for West Virginia uh, got kind of a grilling from even some of the conservative justices. However, uh, Justice Samuel Alito seemed like it was pretty clear that he does not side with the EPA on this. I really don't see what the concrete limitations are in any of what you said. When you take in, if you take the arguments about climate change seriously, and this is a matter of survival, uh, so long as the system that you devise doesn't mean that there isn't going to be, uh, there isn't going to be electricity, and so long as the costs are not absolutely crushing for the society. I don't know why uh, EPA can't go uh, even a lot further than it did in the CPP. Can you talk a little bit about that, that, that uh, you know, the EPA's reception at the court was also not, you know, they weren't carried off on the justices' shoulders, metaphorically, of course. Yeah, Alito was definitely concerned with, you know, if how far EPA could actually go and if they could go further than the Clean Power Plan, which, you know, EPA insists the Clean Power Plan is dead and that plan is dead. But he was like, you know, what are the limits here, especially when you're dealing with, he said, you know, some people say this catastrophic um, issue of climate change, which it is catastrophic for the record. Prelegar responded to Alito saying, you know, it's... EPA does have controls under staff. I mean, it's not like EPA can 
take an action that would absolutely pound industry with unreasonable costs. That's not, that is a limitation under the Clean Air Act. And she also said that it, it underscores why it's problematic, you know, her words to, to talk about exercises of broad agency authority in this abstract way without an actual regulation on the book. And that would, that's really a crux of EPA's argument that we don't have a rule yet. Yeah, the, and it, I, it sounds like she was trying to get at the idea that, which we talked about last time, that w- the, she thinks that the states don't even have standing here because there's no rule in place. There's no, there's nothing is is harming them. Was that kind of what she was getting at? That basically there's no there's no reason to even sue in this place. Right. Yeah. It's a, you know just disability issue. Like since there is no rule to actually test statutory interpretation with yet. It seems like this case is pretty premature, according to the EPA. You know, I I feel like this case, the arguments focused so much on like hypotheticals and broad philosophical questions rather than really traditional questions that we normally hear in cases like these on statutory interpretation and what the Clean Air Act actually says or doesn't say versus well, you know, how would you define a major issue for government and what is regulatable and what is not? So it really, you know, was it was a day of a lot of hypotheticals and abstracts, I thought. Yeah. Um, overall, as we talked about last time, you know, I think the EPA probably had to be coming into this feeling pretty pessimistic. Uh, you know, the court is six to three conservatives versus liberals. Um, you know, the fact that they even took this case seemed like it was a bad sign for the EPA. Do they have any glimmers of hope now after this argument? Uh, as we mentioned, Clarence Thomas and Amy Coney Barrett seem to make some comments that might indicate they would might rule differently than we think they would. Who knows, though, in the end. Um, it, does the EPA feel any better now after the argument or not really? I am not going to speak for the EPA, but I, you know, there, it if anyone at the agency thought they were coming in at a disadvantage, I will say I thought the questioning was a little bit of a mixed bag. I thought the liberal block was, a little, you know, as I said before, more active in their questioning than uh, than the conservative block. I think Gorsuch only asked like one question or something like that. But there is a possibility that the court could issue an, just an advisory opinion, you know, since they since they don't have um, – you know, a firm rule on the books yet. I had one source say that it could likely not really fundamentally change the way EPA regulates under the Clean Air Act, for instance, but it could, depending on what they say, it could actually have a much broader impact on just administrative law generally outside of climate. Yeah, for like for every agency, not just the EPA. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, finally, very quickly, uh, let's talk about the timing, next steps. Uh, obviously, we just had the arguments on Monday. We're not going to get an opinion anytime soon. Um, but, you know, what can we expect uh, in terms of when the opinion will come down? Um, what's, what's the time frame here? Well, their term ends this summer in June, so I, we hope that we would get an opinion before that time. I'm sure uh, many people are eagerly awaiting, you know, what the what the judges have to, the justices have to say on this. Um, but it, you know, it could come at any time. I, it, if I were to do give a best educated guess, I would imagine they're going to take a little bit of time with this one. But, you know, who knows? We'll see. 
we will see uh and maybe we'll have you back on once again after the opinion comes out to go over all that juicy uh you know jurisprudence uh jennifer hijazi uh with bloomberg law thank you so much uh for coming on yet again to talk about uh, this case really appreciate it awesome thanks david and that's it for today's episode of Parts Per Billion. If you want more environmental news, check us out on Twitter. We use the handle at environment, just that, at environment. I'm at David B. Schultz. That's B as in be sure to check out our sister podcast, Cases and Controversies. If you're into Supreme Court stuff, they've got you covered there big time. Today's episode of Parts Per Billion was produced by myself, David Schultz. Parts Per Billion was created by Jessica Coombs and Rachel Daigle and is edited by Rebecca Baker and Chuck McCutcheon. Our executive producer is Josh Block. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Those nine justices in Washington, they can be pretty hard to keep track of. That's where we come in. I'm Jordan Rubin. And I'm Kimberly Robinson. On our podcast, Cases and Controversies, we give you a week-by-week accounting of the Supreme Court. The filings, the arguments, the opinions, and much, much more. So check in on Fridays with Cases and Controversies to find out what's coming up on the horizon at the Supreme Court. Download and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Your industry is unique. It faces its own challenges and risks that set it apart. That means choosing just any insurance company just won't cut it. At The Hartford, we take pride in knowing the ins and outs of your industry and help provide solutions that suit how you do business, from liability and property insurance to workers' comp and more. At The Hartford, we don't just talk about specialization, we live it. Learn how The Hartford can help your business at thehartford.com. What could you do if your data was working for you and not against you? With Bloomberg delivering enterprise data directly to your systems, you get easy access to the details you want, optimized for higher level analysis, and financial data experts committed to helping you maximize your every move. Our data is made for more so you can show the world what you're made of. Visit Bloomberg.com slash enterprise data to learn more.